This one here that we're gonna play this is, like, is like stupid new, all right? <laughs> Just stupid new. <laughs> Every single moment, every hour 
quarterback can feel a thin bronco. The views and opinions presented on the I'm No Joe channel belong solely to the person expressing them, no one else. If we say it, then we meant it. That being said, this show does contain adult themes, adult content, and general shit that you shouldn't be letting your kids intake. Be advised, viewer discretion is recommended. Proceed at your own risk. Been warned. If it's Thursday, it's I'm No Joe. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of appropriate ages, to the latest episode of the I'm No Joe podcast. Welcome to 2022. We have made it somehow to season six of this crazy little thing we call the I'm No Joe show. Welcome to the new year. Same show, same faces, different bullshit to talk about. You know how we do around here. Uh, before we jump too deep into it, though, uh, as you can tell, we have got more than one guest this evening. The kid is back. Golf T is here despite his ticket situation, but God damn it, we've got a show this evening. How the fuck you doing, RJ? Welcome back, sir. Gonna be back, man. You know, fucking I had the the recap show with you. That was the last one I was on before the uh the month break, which was kind of fucking ridiculous. Right. Oh god, see this right here is what the anchor.fm people don't need to worry about because my camera knows I'm so fucking hideous and I'm a child that it won't focus on my fucking face. So anchor.fm, you don't have to worry about the the uh, autofocus. There you go. <laughs> We're but, glad uh, to have you back either way, buddy. Yeah, man, good to be uh, back. Speaking of, good to see you back. Golf tee is around and kicking again, ladies and gentlemen. How the fuck are you doing this evening, sir? I'm here. I'm glad we're back on fucking something to do. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. A month off was nice, but fuck. May have been just a touch too long. I completely agree. I completely agree. And I think I think what happened is we got honey dicked on that little short break we got right before Thanksgiving. So we were like, oh, yeah, two weeks ain't shit. This is great. No problem. And then that full solid month of nothing happened and everybody started getting a little itchy around the neck. Combat sports from alive. Well, good enough, folks. Good news, folks. Words are hard life sometimes. Uh, they are back. The combat sports gods have blessed us once again. The new year has brought us our first official full card of the year. UFC Vegas 46. 
but we will get to that in just a little bit. Um, we don't have a recap section this evening because RJ and I actually did a recap show to finalize 2021 and gave you a kind of a wrap up of all the cool shit that happened with the exception of flow grappling three. Uh, and that's only because that happened literally the day after we did our fucking recap show. So there was no way we could have covered that one. Uh, what I will say um, overall flow grappling three was awesome. Um, could have been a lot better. Could have been a lot worse. Um, recognizable names all the way throughout great moves being displayed by some people you might not have expected them to come from uh very very interesting fun all the way around um i will say uh the biggest shock i think of the evening uh would have to be one of two spots either sean brady getting the unanimous decision over Craig Jones, despite not actually getting anything in, but for just stopping Craig Jones from being Craig Jones uh, for the full of regulation, which was legitimately pretty impressive. Uh, he maintained top control on Craig Jones while Craig was going after him for a full fucking uh, round, I say loosely, but it was pretty good. And then uh, Danielle Kelly versus Carla Sparza. Uh, Danielle locked Carla up. Carla picks up Danielle and goes to slam her. And sure enough, as soon as Danielle hits the mat, her little ass bounces right back up, hits Carla in the face and splices her fucking eye all the way down the length of the eyebrow. Immediate fucking doctor stoppage for the cut. Uh, it was a massive goddamn cut. Uh, but overall, damn, damn good event. Um, now I will say, um, to be fair, there has quite literally been a mountain of fight news that has poured over in the last month, and I generally do my damnedest to try and keep this in uh, somewhat regimented order, um, with the exception of literally just this afternoon, we got like a dozen changes to a whole bunch of cards that are going to seem way out of order at the end, but for the most part, I've got the majority of my ducks in a row here. Uh, starting all the way at the top, uh, Hayani Barcelos versus Victor Henry was supposed to be on the very last card of 2021. Victor Henry got himself a ticket to the reunion tour on the day of the fight. They had to cancel it, but they have officially rebooked it. Those two will go back at it on UFC 270 coming up in just a couple of weeks. Uh, the following week after that, Bellator 273 will be Benson Henderson versus Islam Mamadev. Mamadov? Mamadov. I think it's Mamadov. Uh, either way, uh, Benson's on his fucking way out. Um, they're just really trying anything they can to keep him in the lights at this point, and it's not really working even when they're throwing them against no-name guys so i have a sneaky suspicion this might be one of the last times we see benson at least in any kind of a quote-unquote feature matchup uh, i i feel like if they keep him after this which i i really don't think looks great for him to begin with uh it's gonna be prelim bound if they keep him after that so we'll see um 
moving on from there, though, February 12th, UFC 271 gave us a fucking slew of new announcements here. The first one, Nasrat Hakparast taking on Bobby Green for a very, very fun matchup. Uh, Rafael, oops, nope, never mind. That's the next card. Sorry, scratch that. Uh, Derek Lewis versus Ty Tuivasa confirmed uh, like a week after Ty said that uh, he respects Derek and uh, doesn't think he's ready to face him just yet. And then they made the fight anyway. Yay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think that's going to be very interesting to see play out. Uh, the next after that following week, the February 19th card, we basically got that entire card announced in the last week. Um, let's see. We have got Johnny Walker versus Jamal Hill, which is a very interesting matchup. We have got Rafael Dos Anjos versus Rafael Fiziev, the battle of the Hafas to, to determine who is the baddest Hafa in the UFC, which I think is fucking spectacular and was Rafael Fiziev's idea. Um, Joaquin Buckley stepping back in versus Razak Al-Hassan. A great fucking matchup in its own right. Ayer Latifi stepping in to take on Alexander Romanov. Another great fucking matchup in its own right. And as if that wasn't enough for February 19th, then they went and gave us that little chef's kiss, the little cherry on top of the sundae to make damn good and sure that that evening was going to be complete for all combat sports fans when they went ahead and announced officially that also taking place on February 19th will be none other than Aluminum Mike Perry taking on Let Me Bang Bro Julian Lane in Bare Knuckle FC. Just when you thought they weren't going to let the special ed kids fight, they went ahead and signed that contract anyway and let those two window linkers go at it. This is going to be fun for everybody to watch. I'm telling you one way or another. Um. <sighs> Moving on from there. <laughs> uh, the following Friday, February 25th, Bellator Dublin takes place. And they have officially added to that card, ironically enough, both of their Irish contenders who both lost the last time Bellator was in Ireland. They're just going to pair them up now that they're coming back to Ireland. Sinead Cavanaugh versus Liam McCourt facing off at Bellator Dublin, February 25th. Uh, at least this time we know one of those Irish gals is going to get a win at home, guaranteed unless something really funky happens. <laughs> um, February 26th, that Saturday, Ryan Spann versus Ian Kutalaba for the UFC Vegas, I believe it's 51, I think. Uh, interesting matchup. You can tell that they are just about done with Ian Kutalaba's bullshit by the fact that they're literally throwing him to Ryan Span at this point in the game. Uh, I'm pretty sure if old Superman Span puts a fucking hurt on Kutalaba, that's probably his set of walking papers, and I don't really think anyone will be too terribly upset should that happen, uh, and I am inclined to believe that is how it will play out as well. Um, but 
much like the February 19th card, uh, as if a UFC card with Ian Kutalaba and Ryan Spann isn't enough to jam-pack that weekend for you. Fret not, Mona Me. <sighs> Triller has confirmed Triad Combat 2 is official. Shannon the Cannon Briggs versus Rampage Jackson MMA versus boxing goes down once again on February 26th. This time around on Team MMA, we have Junior Dos Santos, Juice to the Tits Vitor Belfort, Joe Schilling, James Rivera, and Sam Scalia. And then a 125-pound lady from the PFL who no one has ever heard of. Um, but yes, they are not only doing it again, they have actually brought back some semi-accredited strikers this time to take up for the MMA side, although the fucking weird triangle and the crazy rule set makes it hard enough for everybody involved anyway. It's It, it was actually interesting to watch last time. I'm curious to see if they're going to try and really triller it up this time or kind of keep it the combat that it was last time and actually let it be enjoyable for folks. Uh, I have a feeling they're probably going to ruin it like they do everything, but you know, we'll see. We got a month to give them to, to fuck it up. Let's see how bad they do. <laughs> Moving along a couple weeks after that, uh, the March 5th UFC 272. <sighs> There's an interesting, sad, happy, sad, happy, sad story going on with UFC 272. Um, First, we do have uh, Marina Rodriguez versus Jan Zhaonan taking place on that card now, which I think is going to be a pretty fucking interesting fight. Uh, but the reason that most folks are going to be talking about UFC 272 was that when it was announced just a couple of weeks ago, it was going to be headlined by Volkanovski versus Holloway 3 and Jan versus uh, Eljamain Sterling 2. And then they took the whole thing away. <laughs> so uh, Max Holloway got hurt. Uh, I think it was three days after they announced the fight was official. Uh, the world lost its fucking mind. It is now being replaced by Volkanovski versus the Korean zombie, which to be fair, is not a terrible fight, but everyone in combat sports has something to say about that. Good, bad, or otherwise that got the fucking chatter boxes rolling. I tell you. Um, but the other half of that is that almost, I don't remember if it was the same day or the day after, uh, Aljamain Sterling came out and said that it's no big deal that Volk versus Max got canceled because he's already planning to move their fight from UFC 272 up to 273. And he's blaming it on Kyoto Yan saying that he's not vaccinated and he doesn't plan to be. So they're going to have to move the fight back a month anyway, despite Kyoto Yan ever, ever said anything to indicate that. Uh, so uh, Aljamain Sterling did go ahead and move, get the fight moved back. So now instead of 272 being headlined by that, uh, 273, the next month will actually be headlined by Aljamain Sterling versus Piotr Yan too. And uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, the <clears throat> live words, Alexander Volkanovsky versus the Korean zombie. That's a hell of a lot of syllables, I tell you. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to think about either one of those, but 
I just, I, I feel like we're almost at the point now where we're kicking the can down the fucking road so much for Jan and Sterling too. Like, when are we really going to hold Sterling accountable for this? Like, how many times are we going to let him play it up in the media and then change the game at the last minute and still try and make Jan look like the bad guy? Like, they've stripped way greater champions for way worse reasons. I think it's time to make this motherfucker shit or get off the pot. I mean, enough is enough, really. But following the 272 card, um, that next Friday, March 11th, will be the Eagle FC 28 event. Khabib's uh, MMA organization promotion here in the States again. Added to that card officially now is Kevin Lee versus Diego Sanchez at 165 pounds. How in the fucking world Khabib expects people to take his promotion seriously when he himself has previously gone on record stating that Diego Sanchez shouldn't be fighting anymore. And then he turned around and fucking signed him to fight and gave him to Kevin Lee coming in angry at 165 for the first fucking time. I, I just, the more I want Khabib's new promotion to do well and succeed, the more he does shit like this that just seems like he is cheddar bobbing himself in front of our very fucking eyes, and it's getting kind of aggravating to watch. Um, I really hope this comes out better than I think it's going to, but I have a feeling it's not going to. We'll see. There's, As they say, there's always a puncher's chance. But uh, in this case, it's an upside-down coach punching someone hanging and defenseless. So not much of a chance. The following night, though, March 12th, back under normal semi-logical sanctioning for the UFC, uh, we have got a trio of fights added to that card. Uh, The first one, Super Sadiq Youssef, taking on Bruce Leroy, Alex Caceres, who is on a fucking hot streak himself, making a hell of a resurgence. Um, I'm very curious to see how that's going to play out because Super Sadiq is a hell of a wrestler and Caceres has been on his fucking jujitsu game lately. A couple of real nasty submissions, some super strong fucking grappling. So we'll see how that one plays out. I'm kind of happy to see that one get matched up. Uh, Then on the ladies side of things, Ariane Lipsky looking to get back in there, taking on J.J. Aldrich in what I feel like has got to, at this point, be her last swing at the fucking pinata, for crying out loud. Put that fucking mule down, send it to the farm upstate, however you want to phrase it. It's time to call that a dance with that young lady, I feel. Um, But the match that they announced for that card that I think is really going to make that event fucking pop, regardless of what else goes on. Drew Dober versus Ricky Glenn. That's going to be one hell of a scrambly fucking get down. And I am fucking here for it. 
not a bad card that March 12th shaping up so far. Um, Dude, two just, weeks. Oh, go ahead. Just, just good. Let's just say this. The first quarter of 2022 yeah. is absolute fucking mayhem every single week. Yeah, it, it's going to be crazy pretty much every fucking week to start this year out for sure. Like, I'm, I want to see how they're going to do the second quarter of the fucking year because they are starting this off hot. Right. Well, I also got to think second quarter of the year is basically when they're heading back to Abu Dhabi again. Yeah. You know, that's when they pull the holy shit fights out of their ass every year. True. They're starting out this strong in the first quarter. What the fuck are we going to see in Abu Dhabi? (laughs) I'm just hoping they don't blow their load the first three months and just fuck like like just fuck international fight week fuck all that over i am hoping and fucking praying because they are starting this off on a hot streak of hot streaks right now i, I absolutely agree with you 100 man I'm, I'm thinking the same damn thing like they're throwing a whole lot at the wall in the first quarter to see what sticks what the fuck do they have up their sleeve? Because you know they wouldn't throw this much out if they didn't have at least something planned already, or at least yeah. some kind of ideas on the back burner for the midsummer. Yeah. Gonna be crazy to see how that shakes loose. Um the UFC's first confirmed non-numbered event that is not taking place in the apex for 2022. March 26th card will officially take place in RJ's backyard, Columbus, Ohio. Oh my goodness, has there been some interesting announcements added to that card as well. Guess um, who's getting fucking tickets for it? Kaya Kara France versus Askar Askarov. In my opinion, early contender for fight of the fucking year candidate right out of the fucking gate. Those two are both going to be fucking little dynamos, and I'm excited to see how that plays out. Uh, But the big one, the reason the majority of the media on the MMA side of things have gotten excited about this Columbus announcement is because the hometown boy got himself one booked at the last minute. Uh, Officially added to the card as of Monday, the March 26th UFC event will see Matt the Immortal Brown stepping in that Columbus Arena to take on Brian Barberina. And I'm telling you right now, that place is going to lose their shit when he walks out. They're gonna lose their shit and it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna lose their shit, but not really, because that man literally runs from one side of town to the other side of fucking Columbus for his morning workout. He'll run from right next to me, like literally half a mile down the road to downtown Columbus. And he says highs, waves, takes pictures every like 30 or 40 minutes to anybody that says, hey, Matt, he'll sit there and take pictures with motherfuckers. Fuck Matt Brown, but I I, I can respect that. 
Right. Right. No, it's going to be interesting. I, I think it's going to be super interesting because he campaigned for about a week to try and get on that card before they finally announced that they're going to give him Barbarina to fight at home. And he got giddier than a schoolgirl at a Bieber concert. It's, it's going to be interesting to see that shake loose. Um, the, oh no, I guess it is uh, a week, two weeks after that. Uh, the April 9th UFC 273 card in Brooklyn, New York, got a very interesting announcement added to it this week. Irene Aldana versus Aspen Ladd at 135 pounds. So despite Aspen Ladd talking all that shit about Misha, talking all that shit about going back down to 125 pounds and having no issues making weight, she booked another 135 fight. So <laughs> kind of ironic considering we'll talk about Misha again here in just a little bit. It has nothing to do with Aspen this time around, despite all the shit talking on social media. We do have an interesting pair of announcements to come up here, though. Uh, the April 16th card originally got a booking of Nicholas Mota making his UFC debut against the returning Drakkar Close coming back for the first time since Jeremy Stevens literally shoved him into the hospital. And then I believe it was nine hours after that announcement was made, we got an announcement that instead of that fight taking place, February 19th at UFC Las Vegas 48. We will be seeing Nicholas Mota make his UFC debut against none other than Jim fucking Miller, boys and girls. Uh, Drakkar withdrew for undisclosed reasons literally just hours after the announcement of the fight, and Jim Miller said, I'm your Huckleberry. So game time is on. If you have seen Jim's social media, he is officially into impromptu fucking fight camp. Shit is getting ready to go. I am fucking here for it. I can't wait to see the fucking A-10 get back in there and fuck shit up. Um, here's Here we go. Okay, so here's where shit started getting screwy because these are the last-minute announcements that got dogpiled on top here. Uh, UFC 272 back March 5th. Kevin Holland officially makes his welterweight debut against... Cowboy Oliveira. Very, very interesting matchup considering the groundwork that both of those two are uh, aspiring to put forth in this matchup coming up here. But then this is where it gets to what we were talking about earlier. Uh, the May 14th card. Misha Tate is getting back into the octagon and she will be taking on none other than former title challenger Lauren Murphy at 125 pounds. Uh, apparently, Misha decided that she's not going to wait around for Amanda and Juliana to play out that 135 game and then eventually get her shot. She seems to somehow think she has a better angle to get past Valentina. <laughs> I'm sorry, just saying those words out loud make me giggle. Oh, I love Misha Tate. I think she's a hell of a fighter. I think she's a very interesting person, but uh, the fact that she thinks that she stands a chance cutting that extra weight down to 25 and then getting to, let alone through Valentina. Oh, sweetheart. Cupcake. Dear, 
someone get in that girl's ear and set her straight because she has put herself on a path for ass whooping the likes of which I don't think she understands. Uh, I think Amanda would have would have hurt her. I think Valentina would fuck her up. <laughs> but you know, you can lead a horse to water. Can't make him drink. So we'll see how that plays out for. Her. Um, back to the UFC 272, uh, March 5th, we did get confirmation after all of this crazy shit happening. We do have a replacement headliner for UFC 272. It's the fight that, uh, I'm not going to say it was forecasted, but, uh, it, this shot was pretty much called out to the bleachers and, uh, Looks like it turned out to be true. Uh, Jorge Masvidal versus Colby Covington is now officially your headliner for UFC 272. Um, I got to say, I I much, much, much rather would have seen Max Volk 3, Jan Aljo 2. But if I'm not getting that, that's a decent aside. Uh, that's a decent aside, I think. Uh, jumping back to the March 26th, the Columbus card got a last-minute addition as of just this afternoon. Show's favorite, Nate the Train Landweir, getting back in the octagon, taking on Lerone Murphy for that March 26th card. Great to see him back in the damn cage. Um, we did get an announcement for this coming weekend's card, this Saturday's card, last minute just this afternoon. Uh, Gabriel Benitez is out for undisclosed health reasons. I say with air quotes for those of you who are just listening. Um, because that's just that that's literally what it was listed as undisclosed health reasons have forced him to withdraw. Uh, Charles Rosa, for some fucking reason, though, has stepped up on just two days notice to take on TJ Brown this Saturday. Um, hey, hats off for stepping up on short notice. On the other hand, I don't know why he stepped up on short notice because he doesn't do good with full camp notice. So, uh, I think Rosa might have jumped a little further over the shark than he intended to trying to show that he's still uh, valid, I guess would be a good way to put it, but we'll find out Saturday for sure. Um, here we go. Uh, the next pair of last minute announcements that we got for the Columbus card again this afternoon Joanne, formerly Calderwood, now just Joanne Wood, will be stepping in to take on Alexa Grasso, which I think is going to be a fucking excellent fight between those two ladies. Um, also, on that 26th card added just this afternoon, Mateus Nicolau versus David Dvorak, which is also going to be, I think, a very interesting Eastern Bloc matchup. Um, the 1X card which was previously set to take place uh, December 10th, I believe, originally, uh, and got moved due to the reunion tour taking over in Malaysia, uh, has officially been rebooked on March 26th. 
uh, Stamp Fairtex versus Andrea Lee, which is going to be a hell of a ladies fucking combat sports match. And then Demetrius Johnson versus Rod Tang in the mixed Muay Thai MMA kickboxing uh, switched rules special bout, I say with air quotes, they're calling it, which is still going to be fucking crazy to see. <laughs> um, hell of an interesting card over there. Uh, and speaking of one, we also got an announcement this week that uh, Chatri Satyadong, the owner of One FC, uh, would absolutely be open to and excited to fight Dana White. Chatri turns 51 this year. Dana White is in his 50s. They're relatively the same age. Uh, the big difference, he says, is that Dana White is a fan of martial arts, whereas Chatri has literally been doing Muay Thai for 30 years and is a blue belt in jiu-jitsu. So uh, Chatri welcomes the chance to take on Dana White literally hand-to-hand, and I think that would be fucking spectacular. Winner gets pay-per-view rights. Uh, don't really wish. Never going to happen. I, I know. I mean, all, all I can think of is if those two fucking city or the city councilman and the mayor down in Brazil can get in the fucking cage and give it hell for a solid three rounds, and they did, why the fuck can't Dana and Chachri get in there and go after it? I think that would be fucking spectacular. Winner gets Scott Cook. <laughs> I don't think Coker would get medically cleared, to be quite honest. Right. No shit. Uh, no, but it, it was interesting. Chatri did say that he absolutely respects what Dana does on the business side of things, but from the actual martial arts standpoint of things, he feels that Dana generally opens his mouth a little more than he ought to, and he's 100% right, I think. Um, we did get an interesting couple of announcements here for the April 9th card coming up for the UFC. Uh, the first one, I can't fucking help but feel like this is a setup match uh Mackenzie derp i mean dern uh versus tisha torres 273 why are we putting that on a pay-per-view card i'm not saying the match shouldn't happen it's it's an interesting matchup uh and a matchup that tisha asked for by the way so Tisha's got her wish, and hey, I would love nothing better than to see her just fucking mollywop Mackenzie. It would make me gleam with joy, honestly. But it feels kind of like a bit of a setup to me. We'll see. Um, also added to that card, Calvin Gastelum stepping back into the cage, taking on Nasruddin Imovov, who I absolutely love as well, and have a feeling might be able to pull one out here i'm kind of wondering if this might be kelvin gastelum's one last flounder trying to really just stay in there because now they're not even giving him top 10 guys anymore like they're literally giving him up and comers at this point and kelvin literally has challenged for the belt and been in the top for the majority of his career um i think that that era is is about done i have a feeling Calvin Gastelum is on his way out in a rough way. We'll see. Stranger things have gone wrong, but we'll see. Um, also added to that card, the big boys going back at it, Jairzinho Rosenstreich versus Marcin Tybora. 
that I feel is going to be a crazy big man matchup as well. Uh, we also got word this week. It hasn't been confirmed because of who it is and, and what it would in, entail to complete, but there are positive words. I say with air quotes for those of you listening uh, being spoken from both sides confirmed by an impartial third-party source that Uriah Faber has asked for Cub Swanson in May, which will be Uriah's 20-year anniversary of combat sports and what they want to call the uncrowned WEC champion. (laughs) Um, Bringing back old days, because both of those guys have been around since the old days. Not a fight I would be opposed to whatsoever. I think the only thing that might hold that up is that the California middle-aged man said that he would absolutely love to make this fight happen, but he has to talk dollars because he's worth more than he was two years ago when he signed the new contract. I don't agree with him, but uh, do you, boo-boo. We got word that over the weekend, this just this past weekend, uh, Conor McGregor's Irish pub was firebombed. <laughs> uh, apparently, the dipshits that did it did it in the middle of the night and threw their firebombs in such an area where it burnt a little bit of roofing and some grass. No damage was done to the property. No one was there when it happened and no real consequences of it other than now some idiots who apparently were caught on video now have warrants out for their arrest in Ireland. Congratulations. I hope you enjoy that 15 minutes of fame that you'll be getting in prison. On less fun news, though, uh, we did get confirmation that as of 2022, for the third time since the takeover of WME and Endeavor Incorporated for the W or excuse me, for almost for the UFC, uh, ESPN has now officially raised prices on pay-per-views yet again. Pay-per-view, as of, I believe it's next week, the, the upcoming pay-per-view, will be going from 69 nice, 99 to 74.99 going forward. So they raised it another five bucks, as if it wasn't enough bullshit to begin with. So I feel bad for you guys that pay for that. I mean, uh, for, for people that that have to work so hard for, for their money that just ESPN just keeps sucking it up like that. Bastards. Um, and then we got a couple more announcements here to run through, and then we'll talk about some fun shit. We got a pair, not just one, but a pair just this afternoon of God damn it. Announcements for UFC 270 taking place uh, in two weeks here. Uh, Alexi Olenek is officially out. So as of right now, Sergei Spivak will be fighting Voldemort, who I hope he beats the absolute shit out of because fuck him. How did he look into another fucking pay-per-view? Please hurt him. Don't let us have to watch him anymore. Come on, Spivak. I'm telling you, Polar Bear, I will never doubt you again. Fuck this guy up for all of us. We're begging you. The other one that we got, was Evliov, uh, Movsar Evliov officially out. Um, and Charles Air Jordan has stepped up 
to take on Ilya Taporia, which I still feel will actually be a pretty fucking good matchup. Honestly, I was more excited to see Taporia versus Evliov, but Jordan is on a hell of a run right now. And after the last win, he's got a little bit of momentum behind him. So I feel like it'd still be a pretty entertaining match. Uh, the other announcement we got injury-wise last minute this afternoon was uh, Pagliata Botello is officially out versus Gian Kim for the February 26th card. And for some fucking reason that I cannot attain, the UFC has decided to give Priscilla Cachuea another chance to gouge someone else's fucking eyeballs out and are letting her step in against Gian Kim on the 26th of February. Um, I hope Gian Kim, I would love to see Fire Fist just spin kick her fucking head into the bleachers. Get that fucking junk out of here. She did not once, not twice, but three times tried to blatantly gouge Jillian's fucking Robertson's eyes out with her thumbs. Even after the referee slapped her fucking hands away and told her not to do it, then denied the whole thing. I have zero fucking tolerance for that bullshit. You were blatantly trying to cheat and injure your opponent when you were getting your ass beat. I don't think there's a second chance deserved there. But since the UFC is going to give her one, I really hope that Gian Kim just beats the fucking breaks off of her on February 26th. The last announcement that I have got here that we got confirmed just about an hour and a half ago. Um, officially, February 19th, Knuckle Mania 2, BKFC's event will take place and will host the inaugural Ladies 125 belt between Britain Hart and Christina Ferreira. That is a rematch long in the making. Uh, basically, Christina got a hold of Britain when they were fairly young in their BKFC careers, uh, got the better of her in that event, but hasn't really done much to speak of since then, whereas Britain Hart has taken the fucking boxing world by storm since they last met. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that shakes loose once we get a little closer to next month. That being said, though, that is what I've got for news in this mountain of fucking craziness that has gone on since we saw you folks last. Either you gentlemen have anything over there that I might have missed in that long laundry list of fuckness? There's probably something, but right now my mind is not completely there yet. I completely understand. So, this, for those of you who are uninitiated and new to the podcast, first and foremost, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Uh, secondly, this will be the point in the show where if you are only listening as background noise via Anchor FM, excuse me, anchor.fm slash I'm no Joe, or if you're just playing this via YouTube in the background for noise to keep yourself occupied, will not notice the intimidating, the enticing, the terrifying gif that rolls across the screen to let the live viewers and the replay watchers of the YouTube videos know that this is where the show converges to the pit. This is the point, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of appropriate ages tuning in with parents' permission, where we go from just your run-of-the-mill shit-talking goofballs 
bleeding out MMA nonsense to a little bit competitive, where we put a little bit of an edge on things and we put a little skin in the game, if you will, a little ego's sake on the line, and we bring a little fun to it here. We make a little bit of a game out of things. Now, I have went ahead and made an executive decision here on behalf of the podcast. Uh, We are going to officially call this episode, tonight's episode of The Pit, a 2022 trial run uh, on account of a couple of things, but first and foremost, on account of somebody getting themselves a reunion ticket, because should that person win, we have the argument that the Rona made him do it. But should that person lose, we have the argument that the Rona made him do it. So we're going to call this a non-competitive competition here. No exhibition. No, yeah, exhibition match. Great. I, I like that even better. It's an exhibition match. Great for see, that's why I keep this fucking guy around. I'm 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 willing to waive my rights. I'm willing to I take an L. The way that I'm looking at it here is that if you lose, you have a legitimate complaint that you weren't in your right mind because of what was going on. On the other hand, though, if you win, it may also be because the thing has got your brain to stop working a little bit and you're thinking like the UFC, so you have a natural advantage. So (laughs) to keep things impartial here, I will call this an exhibition for this evening. Now, on account of this being a new year, a new pit, we even got ourselves a brand new fucking timer to go along with it here. Shiny got its own little fucking folding leg right on the back there and all that jazziness. We are here, ladies and gentlemen. That's fancy. Welcome to the pit. So, round one, as we like to do around here, pertaining to the UFC Vegas 46 fight night, Calvin Cater versus G... I almost did that just like Wonder Boy did today. Giga... Chikadze, <laughs> corrected that. Uh, we have got a hell of a card. Some good, some bad. But as we like to open up with around here, on a card like this, on a weekend like this, we start with our co mains. Two ways it can go, likely, always a possibility for fuckery, but updated as of now our co-main event for this weekend is jake collier versus chase sherman an interesting match in its own right but a match nonetheless so how the fuck does this weird little thing play out rj since you have got the the freshness about you here i'm gonna give you the opportunity to go first here sir how do you think this crazy co-main fat man slapping fight is going to go down? All right. So the way I look at this is you have a Jake Collier, which who is a slow burner. Takes him a little bit to get fucking going. But whenever that man gets going, kind, kind of hard to stop him. Then you got Chase, who is, I'm going to blow my wad in 45 seconds. If if Jake can weather the storm, which in the last four like four or five of his fights he hasn't been able to, he can fucking take it because 
fucking chase is unstoppable for 45 seconds. The second it hits one minute, he's done. I'm going to go against that. I don't think, I don't think Jake is going to be able to, because he is fucked up four of his last five fights that are exactly like this. Somebody that comes in guns, fucking blazing. He just hasn't been able to stop it. He just hasn't been able to stop it with him and the Aspinall fight. That was the same exact thing. Yeah. You have, you have 45 seconds with Aspinall and that is your ticket. If you can't hurt him or if you can't weather that storm and you take some damage in that first minute, you're fucking done for the rest of the fight. Yeah. And that's, that's very true. I will give you that. It is very true. So, Mr. Golf T Vapes, how do you see this walrus slap match that we've got of a heavyweight co main event shaking loose for us once Saturday actually gets here? What I want to know is why is that the co main event on this card? To be quite honest, it's a whoever fucking put this together is a fucking idiot. But um, either way, to be quite honest, Chase Sherman is a shell of the person he used to be. He's just been on a steadily downward spiral. He's not the guy everybody was hoping he was going to be. Collier, he's hot and cold. Fucks up easy shit and wins shit that he shouldn't. To be quite honest, I think Collier gets it done because, to be quite honest, Sherman is literally just fucking waiting to hang him up. I There's no realm that I see this happening that Sherman takes this. And then if we're lucky, whoever made the match will get in there and get piss slapped around by the winner because this is fucking stupid. Why is this the co-main event? I would much rather see the Brandon Roy Vol fight as co-main event than this by a long shot. At least that one's going to be fun and entertaining. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. I When I saw that the uh, fucking backflip clown was not getting the uh, co-main event spot that he shouldn't have had to begin with. I, I was kind of curious as to why that Roy Val match didn't get it, but here we are. Um, I will say not a bad call on either side. Uh, we are going to give points for round one though to the baby face. We're giving RJ round one here. Well done, sir. Well done. Uh, 45 seconds is about all you fucking get if you can't use it. <laughs> also, also, I, I mentioned this last night on TJ's show. Hey, YouTube, I'm 26. The baby face is not real. Allegedly. Yeah, absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> but in that vein here, uh, for our second question, following the opposite side of that coin, as it were, the main event, the reason for the season, the marquee matchup for Saturday, Calvin Cater, Giga Chikadze. How the fuck does that one shake loose? Golfy, we'll let you have this one first. I'm going to go the opposite way everybody thinks I'm going to go on this. And credit where credit is due. 
Giga Chikaze is an absolute fucking animal on an absolute knockout tear. First rounds, first rounds, third rounds, just absolute tear of fucking murdering people. But I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to give it to Calvin here because Calvin is not getting the respect he deserves. Everybody only sees one thing from Calvin right now, and that's how badly he got outboxed by Max Holloway. The dude is a legitimate badass. Yeah, he's not the best boxer in that fucking division. It's Max fucking Holloway. In case you guys didn't know, go back, watch the replay while he's talking and dipping and dodging punches. But no, Calvin is a legitimate badass, and he does not go out. He can take a fuck ton of punishment. I'll go back, watch that fucking thing. I think he's going to outlast Giga in five rounds. I really do. I don't think Giga is going to be able to put him out. Just because we've saw that one bad fucking slip up, and I say slip up loosely because that's a tough fight to um, have against the hallway. I mean, he's had 12 months to think about that loss. 12 fucking months because he fought last January. That was his last fight. We've been waiting for him to come back. I think this bounce back fight is going to put him right back in line where he was fucking working through people. I mean, you look before that, he fucking put away Stevens. He beat the piss out of Dan Ige. I mean, the dude's a legitimate badass. This is going to really prove to us where Chikadze falls. Is he good enough to make that next step up to get to that top five? Or is this really the roadblock that I think it is, even though everybody's overlooking him? Valid point. Absolutely valid point, 100%. So, that brings it back over to you, RJ. Calvin Cater coming back from a year on the shelf after that Holloway match. Giga on a hell of a roll. But do you think it's enough? How do you think this one shakes loose, sir? Coming into this week, looking at this card, this was a coin flip of coin flips until I started to actually fucking sit down and think about shit. I'm in absolute fucking agreement with TJ. Not because Cater's being overlooked and he's not getting enough respect that he deserves, which TJ is absolutely fucking on point there. He is not getting the, the, the respect that he deserves. But nobody, nobody in the fucking division put the damage on Max Holloway that Calvin Cater did. Fucking nobody. Calvin Cater has some fucking steel fucking hands that those fucked up Max Holloway. You're also looking at a guy that has gone the deep water, gone in the the fourth and fifth round. Chikate hasn't. He's He's only gone to that third round fucking limit. You have 15 more rounds. That is fucking testing testing yourself as a fucking fighter. And we have not seen that in Giga yet. That is a big fucking question mark. And because of kind of that and the fact that Cater can do some fucking damage. I, I don't, I cannot confidently say Giga can pull it off. Giga can, because that means a fucking animal. But you're, you, there, there's too many things stacked against him right now, and I just cannot put my vote on Giga. 
Interesting. Interesting points indeed. I can absolutely see that. Uh, I, on the other hand, kind of think the opposite way around. I think at this point, after the fucking ass whooping that Max gave him in a year to think about it, I think he's going to come back in here and try and prove that he can box despite how much Max beat the shit out of him. And I think he's going to leave himself open for that fucking giga kick and his liver is going to get worked. And if it does, we've already seen there's not a dude in that fucking division who can take that giga kick to the fucking liver and walk through it. I might be wrong, but that's the way I lean. Uh, that being said, though, uh, we are going to give points that round to golf tee. Uh, valid, valid points. Well made. Well done, sir. So, as we like to do around here for our back nine of the questions, as it were, in a card like this being the first card of the year, inevitably, there's more focus put on certain fights than other fights. So, some matchups might slip through the cracks, as it were, get lost in the shakeup, however you choose to phrase it. Everybody that loves the UFC and combat sports like we love combat sports sees a card like this runs down that list. And there's one fight on there that nobody talks about, but in your head is the match of the evening. We like to refer to that around here as the dark horse of the card. There's one that, you know, damn well, is going to be a match, but for whatever reason, just isn't getting the shine that it should. So RJ of this, Lovely fight night to kick off our 2022 UFC season here. What do you feel is our dark horse of the weekend, sir? For me, I I think the fucking Bill, the fucking Bill Algeo fight just isn't getting enough fucking talk. Like, yes, he is fighting the fucking debut fighter coming off the contender series, but this is also somebody that was in the PFL, a very well fucking respected organization, has a lot of fucking uh, a, a lot of fucking hot prospects. Case in point, he fought with Brandon Royval, who is top of the fucking food chain in his division. I mean, there is something there potentially. Uh the the guy that Algio's fighting, uh, Joe Anderson, decent record on paper, looks looks rather rather well rounded. I don't think that fight is getting enough respect that it is. And Algio's coming off a loss, so that's making people kind of push that to the back burner just a little bit fucking harder. I don't think that that that's getting enough enough fucking talk see that i can definitely see that so that brings us to the other side over here sir mr golf tee with all of the craziness on the card this weekend here what do you feel is the dark horse fight of the night surprisingly enough i can't believe i'm going to say this but i really honestly think that i have to give it to court mcgee Remy's fucking Brahima. I'm probably martyring his fucking name, but uh, to be quite honest, 
Court McGee gets overlooked all the fucking time. Don't get me wrong. He's had some tough outings, but he always shows up and he rarely to never has a boring fucking fight. The dude will put out. So, and both of these guys coming off of wins, they're saying there is some fireworks to be had, especially at a coin flip a piece right now. If you're looking at odds, they're pretty much a fucking coin flip. Now, I think in a good welterweight matchup on the early prelim portion of the card, you're looking at some incredible chance for fireworks here. And downside, because of the names that are in the fight, getting no coverage at all. Don't be wrong. Most people are aware of who Court McGee is, but not Ramiz. So it's ought to be a pretty interesting matchup. And to be quite honest, I think there's a good aptitude for fireworks there. I am absolutely inclined to agree with you there as well. Um, I will say, uh, just for posterity's sake, uh, my honorable mention, my personal dark horse fight of the evening uh, is actually the fight right in between the one that <laughs> RJ picked and the one that TJ picked, uh, Jamie Pickett versus Joseph Holmes. Uh, Jamie Pickett, I feel, does not get the credit that he deserves. And Joseph Holmes is a guy coming in off of a two odd boost scenario, in my opinion. He's a contender series former fighter and they confirmed him into the UFC or brought him into the UFC fold through the Dana White's looking for a fight show. So we have seen both of those scenarios produce great fighters and terrible fighters. Uh, Jamie Pickett case in point. So I'm very curious to see how that one plays out. I think that one's got potential to be fucking craziness, but I do see how both of you have both made valid points on here for your fights as well. Um, I will say in this situation here, as excited as I am to see Bill Algio take on his gentleman here, I am just a little bit more excited to see Court McGee versus Ramiz Brahimov. Um, I think Court McGee is a fucking monster and just completely overlooked by 99.9% .9 of fans and journalists alike. And I don't understand it because when that man puts his fucking mind to it, people get to be in trouble real fucking quick. Um, I think it's great fucking matchup. I, I don't understand how this is on the prelims and there's some of the cards on or some of the fights on the main card that are on the main card. <laughs> Sorry, something in my throat there. Uh, but that being said here, uh, that will bring us to our round four question of the evening. And as we like to do, we flip that coin back on over on a card like this the first card of the year there is inevitably a fight that people just will not shut the fuck up about and it doesn't make any goddamn sense we like to call that around here the overhyped fight of the card so gentlemans which fight for you is the one that people just won't stop talking about and they fucking should because it's overhyped Golf team, we'll start this round with you, sir. I'm going with the blatantly obvious here. I'm going with two people who cannot win a fucking title, no matter what, because they're in the wrong division. And, well, it's not that they're in the wrong division. They're just in the wrong division. I'm talking Caitlin Chikagian, Jennifer Maya. Look, that fight has way too much fucking hype behind it just because they've got a couple of numbers. Neither one of them, when they got to the mountaintop, could fucking make it happen. 
nor will either one of them ever make it happen in that division for a goddamn good reason. There is a flyweight queen for a fucking reason, and neither one of those bitches are going to take it. So this is completely useless fight that is overhyped to the gills. And don't get me wrong, you're not seeing it in mainstream media, but those of you who follow MMA media, there is plenty of it out here for this bullshit. No, I I absolutely, absolutely agree with that one, 100%. That one is getting a lot of love from the MMA media, and it boggles my mind why. (laughs) So we flip that over to the other side here. Uh, RJ, which of these fights on this, our first UFC of 2022, is the overhyped match of the weekend for you, sir? Fucking Komen. Fucking Jake Collier and, and and Chase Sermon. That shouldn't, I don't think that should even be on the fucking main card. Um I would as TJ said, whenever we were first talking about the the, the co-main, I would much rather see Dory Vall fight as the co-main. Uh shit move Court McGee to the main card, move some of those up. Maybe Cormac Gee to the people's fucking uh or the 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 premier prelim fight there. I I don't want to see fucking Chase Sherman blow his load in a fucking minute, be a one pump chump, and Jake Collier have a maybe a flash in the pan moment, maybe a lackluster performance. I that there's no there's no draw there. There's no fucking top 15 fucking potential to be had in the win i don't that doesn't need to be on the fucking main card let alone the co-main yeah no i i am absolutely inclined to agree with you there as well um again both very very fucking valid points uh, honestly, I would not be remiss if both of those fights got completely scratched from this card. It wouldn't hurt my feelings in the least bit. Uh, that being said, though, uh, based on placement of the annoyance of said overhyped fight, uh, I am going to go ahead and give RJ the point for round four here. And that means for those of you who can maths, we are all tied up, bringing us to round five, the sudden death match. Winner takes all, one point to rule them all. So, as we like to do around here, for our round five question, we like to step outside the realm of this particular weekend's shenaniganry. And I want to take a bit of a, uh, a literal step back from the 2022 landscape that we're potentially looking out over here. There's a lot of what ifs for 2022 in terms of combat sports and and directly in the UFC. And there's one in particular that I have not seen a single week go by without it being mentioned, despite that particular person having no reason to be in the headlines. They are there every single week. So my question for you, gentlemen, in 2022, will we finally see 
John Jones get off Twitter and get in the octagon at heavyweight. RJ, since you went first today, I will give you the option. Would you like to take this one first or would you like to pass this one to golf? Oh, I'll take it. Um, right. So the way I look at it, the last like two, well, probably the last like five years of his career inside the UFC, John Jones has talked about money, money, money. I want more money. Give me a better fight. I want better money. Give me more pay-per-view. Give me a better percentage of the pay-per-view because I am a big name, which, yeah, you're a fucking big name, but you're moving to another division. Your name carries weight, but this, this is a bigger fucking pull. Your skill set is here. Everybody else is up here, especially whenever you get into the fucking top 15. Um, I, I don't think we're going to see John Jones. Uh, I don't think we're going to see John Jones come back to the fucking UFC this year, like at all, because all he wants to do is, is fucking pick apart the bullshit that Dana White is doing. And I want this and I want fight this person. And I want to fight this person. And you're just fucking picking and choosing to who you want to fight fucking day to day. Um, if you're that kind of guy, especially with the recent bullshit that's come up with the John Jones story, um, I don't think Dana White is going to be like, hey, I'm, I'm just going to fucking cut you. Because we've lost better fighters for fucking less. Um, I, I, I don't think we're going to see John Jones come back to the UFC. I think Dana White is going to fucking yank his ass around like he should be fucking yanked around. And I think that later in the year, Dana's just going to fucking let him go. Very interesting. I could absolutely see that happening. It's been long enough. I think that's a legitimate possibility. But I'm not the one you got to convince here. The other side of the coin, as it were. Mr. Golf T, what do you think? 2022. Are we finally going to see John Jones get off his bullshit and get back in the goddamn octagon? Or like RJ says, do you think it's never meant to be? To be quite honest, I know the answer is absolute hell the fuck no, but I'm going to play the other side of the coin here because there is something in play where I think there is a possibility. Albeit a very slim possibility, there is a possibility. And it has to do with this fucking money. The dude is a big draw no matter what. No matter what kind of fuckery he has outside of the UFC, he is a big fucking draw. He sells pay-per-views. Is he to the Conor McGregor level of I sell pay-per-views no matter what? Fuck no. But there's nobody in the sport that is that right now. But here's where the big money draw is. It doesn't matter who wins this title fight between Francis in Cyril. I think Jones is going to get that title fight purely because of this. They know how much money it's going to make. Is he going to win the title? Fuck no. But if I'm playing the other side of the coin here, which I am, I say he does get back in. It might not be this year, but they will have a fight signed for him to fight the winner of that title fight. 
because if it don't make money, it don't make sense. I can absolutely see that as well. And that's that's basically what Dana's been lauding over the fucking heavyweight division is that John Jones is coming, John Jones is coming, but they they really John and Francis both were angling for that John and Francis fight. The only thing I think that could throw a monkey wrench in that is that Francis basically said uh, either yesterday or the day before yesterday, talking to Ariel Hawani, that uh, this is the last fight on his UFC contract. And unless Dana White is going to come talk to him seriously, it's going to be the last time he fights for the UFC, regardless of if he wins the belt or not, because he's no longer fighting for $500,000 a match anymore. So it almost seems like Francis is taking a page out of that John Jones playbook and we see where that John Jones playbook has had him for the last year and a half. So I don't know. I, I, I legitimately, I see, I see both points here. Um, But I do have to say that I think if given the option, the UFC would much rather see John versus Francis, even if it costs them, than to see both potentially John and Francis sit on the sidelines, even though I do think John is most likely going to try and stay on the sidelines. I have a feeling that daddy Dana might end up caving closer to the end of the year and back that fucking Brinks truck up down in New Mexico, much as we don't want him to. I I do agree with TJ. He does still have that fucking name draw and it's not that Connor draw, but it's enough of a curiosity. I think more than anything at this point to see is heavyweight John Jones really going to be everything that it's been built up to be? Because to be fair, if it is, the heavyweight division is about to get the biggest ripple it may have ever seen. That being said, I honestly don't think that John Jones heavyweight ripple is going to be as big as he's trying to make it out to be. But Dana White thinks with his checkbook. And if John can get enough drums headed for that checkbook and get enough of a little resonation going in Dana's back pocket, we all know he'll fucking cave no matter what he's fucking said. Um, I, I do agree with both of you on this one here, but I am going to have to give the point for round five to golf tee. And, and this, ladies and gentlemen, is exactly why we called this an exhibition match, because much like I suspected, the virus has gotten golf tee's brain turned off to such a degree that he thought exactly like Dana White did. Look at the answer that he gave us. I have to give you the golf clap for that, sir. <laughs> No, good round, both of you gentlemen. I, I like I said, I, I do agree with both points here. I could see both points being hundred percent valid, but so can can I can I just can I just throw something out that I Absolutely. that that was brought up? So my my big thing right now with the whole UFC and everybody wanting to leave, um, the UFC as everybody in the combat sports worlds know. The UFC has the best in the world for a fucking reason. My only problem is everybody knows that if you go to the UFC, you're going to get a fucking percentage of what you're fucking worth because you can't carry sponsorships. If John Jones or Francis Ngannou go to Bellator, they can make what they make per fight on fucking sponsorship. Yeah. Am I mad at that? No, not really. 
but am I going to be mad that they leave to get money that their name deserves? No, not at all. If Francis wants to wants to leave after this last fight and go to Bellator potentially, fucking good on you. Make your fucking money. Do what you want to fucking do and make a goddamn living. I've seen over the last couple of days people fucking in, in just shitstorm on Francis Ngannou on fucking Twitter for him saying that he's that this is his last fight and he might not re-sign a UFC contract. Dude, that man's busted his ass in the UFC to get his name worth what it is. If he wants more fucking money, go to fucking Bellator. Make a fucking $100,000 in a fucking sponsorships in a goddamn night. Dude, do your fucking thing. You do you. You make your fucking money, dude. Yeah, I agree. Corey Anderson kind of wrote the playbook on that. Like, as much as the UFC might be the spot to go if you want to be, quote unquote, the best in the world, I say with air quotes, uh, if you want to be able to survive on the money that you make while you're fighting, Bellator is clearly the place to go. Uh, Corey Anderson kind of threw it right out there. Like, he made more money in his first fight in Bellator between his his fight money and his sponsor money than he had in his last five UFC fights. I, I, I feel like a lot of people over the last couple of years have been using the UFC to springboard their worth to get to get their name recognized whenever they leave. They can go over to Bellator and pick and choose what fucking sponsors that they want to get the most fucking money. Yep, I agree. I agree. And as as fucked as that is for what it seems like some people are doing i'm not fucking mad at it yeah no you're I, I completely agree and and when it comes to if you're fighting as a career make your fucking money and don't give a fuck what anybody including us say about it you're the one providing for your family and if you're doing that fight and go where they're gonna fucking pay you don't listen to the fucking armchair quarterbacks but at that same on that same argument you also got to understand if you're doing this to claim to be the best in the world and you flunk out of the UFC and take yourself to Bellator and you get that money, you're still going to get that money. But you can't have it both ways. You can't say I'm the best in the world and I'm in Bellator because I'm making more money. Because if you yeah. are, quote unquote, the best in the world and you're in the UFC and prove to be the best in the world, that money follows you. That being said, though, less. we also know the game that Dana plays, though, so. Uh, and that is unless you quit while you're at the top. Like if Francis wins this fight coming up here, he's, fuck you. I'm out and goes to Bellator. Guess what? Best in the world, and the money's still gonna follow him. Yeah, yeah. No, he he will have one of those few little gray areas where he will literally be able to make the best of both worlds. Exactly that. Yeah, I mean, like most I've, people, I've, most people I've, can't do. <laughs> I like. Like I can, I can sense that being in food service, like <clears throat> I had to go to culinary school. I had to be a stage and get paid shit and be the only person inside of a restaurant at three in the fucking morning. When I left the night before at midnight, I have to be back there in three hours to do the fucking grunt work and prep just to make my worth what it is now. I can look at it and be like hey i think this is what some of these guys are doing right now yeah i i absolutely agree and like i said if that's the case more power to you the, the catch 22 i think what that is is some of these guys who are just getting into it see some of the folks who've been doing this for a decade saying hey i deserve more 
and they're trying to put themselves on that same platform. Yeah, I fight for the UFC too. I should be making 50 grand a fight. Slow the fuck down, Junior. You just came off the contender series and you haven't actually put your gloves on in the UFC octagon yet. Be happy you got a fucking contract. Yeah. So it, it's a double-edged sword in that situation. I, and, I, and I can see both sides of it, but man, it gets sketchy. It gets sketchy quick. <laughs> but that is what we've got for this evening's debut 2022 episode of the i'm no joe podcast so i do want to thank all of you for coming along with us here before we get out i do want to thank both of these fine gentlemen for coming along so before we get all the way on out of here if at this point somebody needs to know the best training regimen to get them in purple strap contention shape how can they get a hold of you after the show's over rj you can hit me up over there at rj mma official um and I'm going to start posting daily workouts with me and my glorious plate carrier at 5 a.m. Um, uh, you know, you can reach me over there at Instagram, RJMMA official. Discord, rolling down on the banner on the bottom of the screen, the entire podcast. Our Reddit, which is also down there. Uh Go over to anchor.fm for your podcast consumption platform of your choice, um, which you won't have to watch my camera not focusing this entire show over there at anchor.fm. Um, you know, at fucking 2022, fucking same podcast, fucking same problems with camera focus. But uh, good to be back. Good to fucking see what 22 brings this fucking first quarter. Super fucking excited for the, the upcoming months of fucking combat sports. Not just UFC, but everything that's going on in Bellator as well. They're like, everybody's doing some big shit coming in the next couple of months. Gonna be fucking excited for it. Hell yeah. Glad to have you on board, sir. That being said the other gentleman across the octagon from us, as it were. If at this point in the show, somebody needs some directions on where to get themselves the tastiest fried cheese curds up in that Wisconsin area, maybe some directions on how to find themselves a Kenosha Crippler, how can they get a hold of you after the show, Galti? Well, Wednesday nights, of course, come right here on the YouTube's 9 Central Time. And of course, here every Thursday night that we have Kiki Punchies. But as a little PSA to the public... If you are thinking about getting yourself tickets to the Backstreet Boys reunion tour, take it from somebody who knows. Terrible concert, not worth the price of admission. Fuck those guys. That's all I'm saying. But yeah, we'll see you guys all next time. Uh, be a good time. Hopefully um, I'll have gotten rid of my merchandise by then. Oh, good times, good times. So that being said, Thank you all for tuning into the latest episode of the I'm No Joe podcast. If you enjoy what we do around here, make sure you are subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Click that little notification bell so you don't miss any episodes. And as I said at the end of last year, the YouTube algorithm is fucky. It doesn't give a damn about likes. It doesn't give a damn about dislikes anymore. What the algorithm wants is videos watched. So if you really appreciate what we do around here, make sure you go to YouTube and watch some of our videos. We have a library of almost four years breaking down every single major combat sports event that has happened in those four years. 
I guarantee there's something in there that's going to tickle your fancy. If you don't like what we're doing around here, on the other hand, why the fuck are you still watching this deep into a fucking podcast? Give us a thumbs down and fuck on off. That being said, thanks to the rest of you for sticking around. You will be able to catch us every Thursday night that there is Punchy Kicky to talk about here on the I'm No Joe YouTube channel live and the week after available on anchor.fm slash I'm No Joe to consume through your podcast platform of choice. If you do want to support what we do around here, patreon.com slash I'm No Joe is the best way to do it. Helps us do what we do around here. Gives you access to behind the scenes, unaired and literally unairable footage. And it just makes what we do that much easier. That being said, thank you for tuning into the latest episode. Remember, don't let ignorance stop you. You can root for anything. TJ heard Backstreet Boys were coming around. He's like, who's going to get that ticket? It's going to be me. Do I say goodbye to what?